evening. I hope classes are going well for you tonight and uh, thank, thankful for this break and what God has to say to us in this service tonight. It's a privilege for us to have uh, tonight Reverend Don Nichols. Uh, Pastor Nichols has been pastor of the Tahlequah Church of the Nazarene in, in Oklahoma since uh, 1996. Uh, through the years, God has used him. He's been a pastor in the Church of Nazarene for 26 years. But he's also been uh, a dual-career pastor. He has served 30 years with the Veterans Administration. Uh, he is a Purple Heart uh, Award winner, I guess you would say, or award, I don't know, how do you say it? It's not a winner, is it? Yeah. But uh, he served in the Marine Corps, served in Vietnam, and, uh, and he, uh, he has a great, great testimony about how God used that experience in his life. He's a graduate of Northeastern State University in uh, Tahlequah, Oklahoma. He has a, a master's degree in education from Northeastern State University, as well as a master's in counseling from Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, those are some of the uh, official things. Tahlequah is the uh, national headquarters for the Cherokee Nation. And uh, Don has, and, and his wife Lois is with us tonight. They have truly ministered to that community. I was their district superintendent for five and a half years. And I watched as they ministered to that community in powerful and unique ways. Uh, one of the ways that... Uh, Don has used his experiences with the Veterans Administration as well as the Disabled Veterans and the Purple Heart Organization is he's ministered to a lot of veterans. When I first went to his church on my first visit to Tahlequah, uh, evidently one of the guys in his church that uh, was a Marine, a uh, big guy, about six foot four, 290 to 320 pounds, big beard, uh, he must have thought that Don's superior officer was coming in to check on him. So he came over and he looked at me and he looked down on me and he said, sir, and I said, yes, sir, and I want you to know there's not a hill that I wouldn't charge And to me that said it all. And uh, he is a true friend, a man of God, who um, you're going to be blessed to hear from tonight. It's just a joy to have Pastor Nichols and his wife Lois with us. I'm not going to take any more of his time. I know you'll welcome them. <clears throat> what a great honor it is for me to be here with you. And as I looked into your faces a few moments ago as you walked in here and uh, thought about you, uh, what I know about you is you're God's called out people. Isn't that exciting? Amen. You're the ones that God has called out for special service. And uh, let me just say to you, it's going to be an exciting ride for you. <laughs> let me tell you, God has great plans for you. And he's been watching over you, and he's been thinking about you, 
and you're the desire of his heart, and there's nothing, nothing that excites the Lord anymore than to see you doing what you're doing in preparation for the greatest thing you could ever do with your life. Oh, I've been so honored to be here with you and to be with Dr. Graves and Cheryl. I'm going to tell you, they just have made us feel like a king and a queen, right? And uh, we are so thankful for them. I just want to know something. Uh, I just want to know how you possibly could have been so good for the Lord to send you to such a beautiful place. Can you say amen? amen? You know, we don't have a lot of time, but I, it reminds me of a story I heard about a young preacher that was uh, going to preach his first sermon at his new assignment. Have you preached some sermons? My guess is that you have, probably. Some of you, maybe. Or at least that's been on your mind. But this young man had uh, taken his first church and uh, walked up there in front of the church and stood in the back of that pulpit and said, Behold, he cometh, and hit the pulpit. But he forgot what else he was going to say. So he read back there again, and he said, Behold, he cometh. And he forgot again what he was going to say. Now this time, he said, Behold, he cometh, and hit the pulpit. It broke. He fell down in the first row in some older lady's lap. She said, he said to her, Ma'am, I am so sorry. She said, Sonny, that's all right. You've been telling me you was going to come. <laughs> If you don't have your Bible, uh, I'll read this scripture for you. If you have it, you can read along with me. It's in Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 through 13. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Look, I want you to know, I've got a word from God for you, that God has great plans for you. God has great plans for you. And I don't want you to ever forget that. God's plan started for me when I was real young, sending people into my path that witnessed to me and planted seeds in my life. The turning point in my life, as I mentioned this morning, was when I was serving my country over in Vietnam and was wounded. I was shot four times. I was shot in the chest. I was shot in the hip and both legs. I had, I had a sucking chest wound. I had part of my uh, hip was gone, been shattered and gone. 
My, uh, I had a compound fracture of my right leg and my artery had been severed. The corpsman began to take care of me. We were under fire. Several moments went by. And they were trying to push the enemy back so they could get a helicopter in to get me out. And while all that was going on, while a firefight was raging all around me, I began to ask the Lord. I said, Lord, I know I haven't done a lot to merit your favor. But I said, God, if you'll spare my life, I'll serve you. They put me on that medevac chopper, medevac me back to the hospital, and the Lord was faithful to me, took care of me, met my needs. I surrendered to the call of ministry at age 33. I was working for the Veterans Administration, pastoring in a, in a smaller church, and uh, the Lord was providing for me. I told the folks this morning, I pastored a small church for about 12 years. They paid me $35 a week. Now, you may think I'm uh, that old, but I'm really not so old that uh, even in those days, $35 certainly wasn't very much money. I, I said to them this morning that the last five, uh, three years of my ministry, they had raised my pay to $50. But you know, all during that time, God was faithful to me to provide, to meet my needs. I can say to you tonight that he has never failed me yet. And I want you to know that he's not ever going to fail you. He's got a plan for you. He's got his eyes on you. He's watching over you. And there may be some tough times along the way. And there may be some things that you're going to have to overcome. And some of you, like me, it may be necessary uh, for you to work two jobs, pastor a church, and, and take care of some financial needs by working another job. That may be necessary for you. But I want to tell you something, that God is never going to fail you. He'll be with you all the way. He'll be right there by your side. May I just share with you two or three things that I think will help you along the way? I thought about what, I, what could I do to take advantage of this time that I'm going to spend with you tonight. You know, I may not ever have the opportunity to cross your path again. But I think maybe there's two or three things that I... I would say to you, at this point uh, in my life of living for the Lord and serving Him and pastoring a church and, and doing all I can to, uh, to be a blessing in the community, I'd say to you that while you're here, take advantage of the time that you have while you're here. Make sense? Do all that you possibly can to prepare yourself for the most exciting life that you could ever possibly live. What a journey you're going to be on. 
Prepare yourself. Take advantage of the time that you have now to prepare yourself. I remember reading something that uh, Dr. McFarland said. He was a noted banquet speaker in the 70s and 80s. He mentioned growing up in a small community in Caney, Kansas. He said, while I was growing up there, I had the privilege of being in the schoolhouse, a little one-room schoolhouse, and the teacher was Miss Brown. He said she taught me more about being successful in life than any other person had ever been able to teach me. She told him one time, he said, she said, Kenneth, she said, you know, in this little one-room schoolhouse, there's a ladder right here in the middle of this schoolhouse, and it goes up through the roof of this building all the way to the stars, and it's called an education, Kenneth. He said, I never forgot that. I never forgot what she had to say to me. But he said, more importantly to that, he said, I had an experience one time of meeting a person that had a profound effect upon my life. He said, uh, William Jennings Bryan had came to town and said he, he was so excited about seeing him, that great orator, that great speaker. And he said he was excited about seeing him when he came to town. And so, as just as a little boy, he got out and walked down beside the railroad track. He said he was wearing the best that he had to put on a pair of overhauls. He didn't have a shirt nor a hat, didn't have any shoes on. But he said he was exciting, excited about meeting this, this great speaker. And said as he stood there beside the railroad track, William Jennings Bryan got off the train and said, I saw him and he saw me and he made eye contact with me. And he said, I had the opportunity to speak to him, and he spoke to me. And he said he said something to me that would forevermore change my life. He said to him, William Jennings Bryan said to him, said, son, what you doing out here in this hot sun without a shirt on or a hat on? What you doing here, son? He said, I came out here to see you today. He said, you know, I wore the record out of some of the great speeches that you've made, and I've looked forward to being here to just meet you. He said, Mr. Bryan, he said, I want to be a great speaker like you are. I want to be able to speak to people like you do. And he said William Jennings Bryan gave him the best advice that he could have ever gotten. William Jennings Bryan pointed at him and said, boy, said, boy, if you want to be a great speaker, get down on your knees every night and ask the Lord to help you to be the best speaker that you can possibly be. After all these many years in ministry, I would say to you, take time to get down on your knees and ask the Lord to help you 
all along the way. He will be faithful to you. The Lord will speak to you and help you all along the way. You know, I, I mentioned to you about pastoring that small church there. And I love the people and they love me. Oh, I suppose that I could have went somewhere else. I suppose that there have been other churches that I could have went to. But you know, that group of people, I loved them and cared for them. And I wanted to be their pastor. And I was concerned if I didn't stay there as their pastor, that just perhaps, perhaps, uh, that maybe they wouldn't have another pastor. I didn't know what the situation was going to be. Of course, God could have taken care of that too. But I stayed there with them. And I'd, I'd asked the Lord, I said, Now, Lord, help me with this situation. Help me to do the very best that I can with this. And God did and blessed me and helped me during those years that I was there pastoring that little church. What would I say to you beginning your ministry? I'd say let the Lord guide and direct you. Make your decisions upon what God wants you to do in your life and wherever God calls you to. Be willing to go. Be willing to serve. Those people that you serve is where God sent you. And you've been, you've been picked by God to go to that place to serve the Lord. Now, when the Lord releases you and allows you to go, well, then you can go. But when God is speaking to you, about going. You stay. You stay as long as necessary. And you'll be a blessing to those people. And they'll be a blessing to you. And then I'd say, I'd say to you, be willing as a pastor to take a risk. Be willing to take a risk for the Lord. One of the things that I've always tried to do, and I was busy, and you will be too, but one of the things that I've always tried to do is I, I understood a principle. I understood that if I was going to do the best that I could for the Lord, that I had to work. I had to work at being prepared to do the best that I could. And I would study and work. I remember that the first thing that would always wear out in my car would be the cassette player. Now you, you guess, I guess you now have DVD players, but I, I remember in my car that the first thing that ever wore out was my cassette player. I did a lot of visiting. I'd be in people's homes. I'd spend time on the weekend visiting people. And I always took time. I always took time to do the best that I could to prepare myself. Brother Graves mentioned to you a few moments ago 
ministry that I have to veterans. Every, every year we have a special what we call Veterans Appreciation Day. We have between three to five hundred people in our church on Veterans Appreciation Day. And it's an opportunity, it's an opportunity for us to reach out to people that might not otherwise be in church. In fact, in fact, a lot of those people that come to my church on that day, some of them had never been in church before and since Vietnam. I remember two years ago, in my church service, we, we had asked the veterans, the Vietnam veterans, to come down in front and pray. Pray for the people that was over in Iraq. Now, I know those people. I know them because I'm, I'm really involved in the veteran community, and I knew those folks that was there in the service that morning. And a bunch of those men came down to pray. One of them was my good friend by the name of Bob. Bob was a machine gunner in Vietnam. A couple of his men, when they were coming back through the lines, he mistaked them for somebody else, and he killed two of his own men. One of the other men that had came down to that front of the church that morning to pray was a man that had been part of a group that had been overrun. He'd been shot several times and bayoneted. He lost a leg. They had placed him in a body bag and put him in the helicopter and started to fly him out to the morgue and he cut his way out of the body bag with a knife. Now, I don't expect that maybe you can do the same thing that I've done where God's called you to. But I do expect that you have some unique abilities. And I'd ask you to be creative and be willing to take a risk and do it for the Lord. Take a risk for the Lord. Do what you can to save some. Make sense? And the last thing I'd like to say to you, dream great dreams. And don't let other people tell you the kind of dreams to dream. Let God tell you the kind of dreams to dream. Let God help you dream great dreams. Dr. McFarland told a story about being the superintendent of schools in Coffeyville, Kansas. He said when he went there, he had tried to find some way to bring the community of Deering, Kansas into the school system. He said he never could... He never could really hook them and get them to come in and be a part of the community college of Coffeyville. He said, finally, a young man by the name of Tommy McPherson 
got a scholarship to play basketball for Coffeyville Community College. He said we had four good basketball players, and he said we had one great basketball player, Tommy McPherson. He said everything seemed to be going along just fine. And then one night he got the word that Tommy McPherson had been killed in an automobile accident. He said, I'd never felt so bad in all of my life. And he said, I went to their home, to Mr. McPherson's home. He said, I went into the house. He said, I didn't really know what to say to Mr. McPherson. But he said, Mr. McPherson made a statement to him. He said, you know, sir, around here when we lose a young'un, we have a saying, and that saying is that we hang our dreams in the closet. Dr. McFarland said he was stunned by what had been said. He said he happened to be in the bedroom. He didn't know for sure why, but he happened to be in the bedroom with a, with a younger brother of Tommy McPherson. And he said he looked at that boy. He said he had a look of an eagle in his eye. And he said, son, he said, son, now you're not going to hang your dreams in a closet, are you, son? And he said, I never will forget what he said. He said, sir, no, sir. He said he went on with his life and moved to another school system, to Topeka, Kansas. And Coffeeville Community College had called him back on homecoming. And he said he went back there many years later. They had a great celebration that day and that night. They had a basketball game. And he said it was quite a game. Went down to the last couple of seconds of the game said Coffeyville Community College had the ball and somebody managed to shoot it. It was one of those buzzer beaters. And he said that pandemonium broke out in that place. People just going wild. People kissing and hugging each other. And some folk taking advantage of the situation. <laughs> but he said that night, the school scoring record was broken by a young man, a young man by the name of Lance McPherson. He said, I saw him after the game, and I looked him in the eyes, and I said to him, son, you didn't hang your dreams in the closet, did you, son? I want to know something. You're not going to hang your dreams in a closet, are you? You're going to do what God wants you to do. And you're going to be faithful to Him. And you're going to have a great impact on the great church of the Nazarene. Are you excited about that? God's got great plans for you. God's got something special in mind for you. I hope you'll never forget it.
Father, as I've looked around in the faces of these people, I just know, God, that you've got something special in mind for them. Lord, you're going to lead them, and you're going to direct them, and you're going to provide for them. And you're always going to be there with them, Lord, and I thank you for it. I'm encouraged, Lord. I'm encouraged because of this group of people, Lord, that you've called out. You're going to do great things with their lives. And I thank you for it, God. Bless them and keep them and be with them, I pray. In your precious holy name, I ask it all. Amen.